Star Wars 7x7 episode 2001. Today we're going to fill in some holes in the time period between The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker by talking about Resistance Reborn, the novel by Rebecca Roanhorse. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. So this is going to be a little bit weird in a way from a meta perspective because I originally recorded this episode the night that I saw The Rise of Skywalker and it was going to be the safe zone episode for people who hadn't yet seen The Rise of Skywalker but wanted to get their daily dose of Star Wars joy. But turned out that I just decided to do non-spoiler reactions instead, but I still ended up recording this episode, so I actually did three episodes that night, which was kind of crazy. But I'm in a position where it is now Christmas Day evening and still have family with us here, and so I thought, well, I've still got this episode and it's still worth talking about, so let's just, you know, redo the intro <laughs> and get into it. So if you're watching the video version, there's going to be an interesting little wardrobe change <laughs> that happens as a result, but what I want to tell you about the novel Resistance Reborn by Rebecca Roanhorse is that it takes place in the days and weeks following the events of The Last Jedi. So it jumps right into it. I really enjoyed the novel, and as you'll hear, I listened to the audio version of it, which was you know very exciting, intense, and brought a lot of familiar faces back to the Star Wars universe. So that was very cool about it as well. So... Here we go, <laughs> now we're gonna make the transition to the previously recorded episode of my discussion of the events of Resistance Reborn and its application or lack thereof to what you need to know before you go in to see The Rise of Skywalker. And I guess I should say that even though there are no Rise of Skywalker spoilers, there will be Resistance Reborn <laughs> spoilers in this episode. So yeah, if you haven't read the book or listened to the audiobook, which was done by Mark Thompson and was fabulous, and thank you to Penguin Random House Audio for sending me a copy of the audiobook, that was really cool. Well, anyway, back to the whole spoiler thing. Yeah, if you don't want the book spoiled for you, save this for a later date. And then, oh gosh, then I just hope you've seen the movie so you can have a Star Wars 7x7 episode to listen to today. But, can you tell I'm a little hyped? I actually saw the movie last night. So, anyway, let's talk about Resistance Reborn. Um, you know, it doesn't actually, even though it's part of the journey to the Rise of Skywalker doesn't really tell you anything about the rise of Skywalker whatsoever. So Rose has come out of her coma, but unfortunately the novel doesn't actually say anything about how she came out of her coma or how long she was in it. The giant fleet that we see in the rise of Skywalker in the teasers and trailers and whatnot, well, that fleet is not part of Resistance Reborn. So wherever they're getting that fleet from, it happens later on. And we know a little bit, like we talked about the Allegiance comic book series here on the up on the show a while back. So, you know, that certainly plays a role in it, but doesn't explain the whole fleet and nothing in Resistance Reborn explains it either. So what the novel actually does do is twofold, I would say. Like the major things that it does are twofold. The primary thing is to take a moment from The Last Jedi and spin it off into the whole purpose and plot of the novel. And secondarily, it's to act as sort of a light sequel, as in, you know, this isn't its primary focus, but it kind of ends up doing it all the same as a light sequel to the novel Bloodline by Claudia Gray. 
First, let's talk about The Last Jedi. So, you remember when the remainder of the Resistance made it to Crate and Leia said, you know, use my code and reach out to all of our contacts on the Outer Rim to try and get us help, and nobody answered the call. And so at that time, Leia said, the spark has run out, you know, we've all lost hope, just before Luke or his hologram, <laughs> however you would describe it, showed up. Anyway, the gist of that whole thing, the fact that nobody answered the call, well, you find out in Resistance Reborn that the First Order has started to pick up and disappear various sympathizers to the New Republic, to the Resistance, or even people who have just spoken out against the First Order but aren't necessarily allied with the New Republic or the Resistance. You find out that the reason why they weren't getting any response on Crate is because the First Order has been snatching people away. Thankfully, the First Order, like the Empire before it, is rather down with bureaucracy. And so there are lists, there's documentation of all of these subversives and incarcerated people. The resistance decides, okay, we gotta get a hold of this list because they've been trying to find people to replenish their stock of leaders and strategists and big thinkers and haven't been having any success. But now, knowing that the First Order actually has a list of these people and where they are, well, this would make it a lot easier for the Resistance to be able to get a hold of those folks. And it's also kind of important because the First Order is apparently hunting them down. That mission will take our heroes to Corellia. Yes, indeed, Corellia. And another aspect of this mission, which relates to the Bloodline sequel business, also sends them to Corellia, and so they have two different teams that split up on Corellia for the action. The Resistance ends up taking shelter on Ryloth, and Ryloth happens to be the home of none other than Ambassador Yandor, who appeared in Bloodline, and there's a whole story about what he was doing with uh, regard to pirates and shipping lanes and so on and so forth. So that's the first Bloodline tie, but then it turns out that the list of people who have been incarcerated one of them includes somebody with the initials RC, and Leia gets the idea that maybe, just maybe, this is Ransom Castorfo, who was her Senate colleague, and then ally, and then enemy, and then, yeah, just some unfortunate version of friendship at the end, when he was the one who was sort of tricked into betraying her deepest, darkest family secret, and then deeply regretted it, and then was framed himself, so all this stuff. He was sent to his home planet, Ryosa, to be killed, and nobody ever knew what happened to him. It was never confirmed that he was killed. Well, it turns out that he wasn't killed and ultimately got captured by the First Order and was put to a terrible work job in the shipyards in Corellia. I think sewage pipe fitter or something crazy like that. So one strike team goes to Corellia to get the multiple lists that are out there and a second strike team goes to try and find out where Ransom Castrofo is being held on Corellia and liberate him. And then there is a third strike team that goes, and I'll tell you about that in a moment, but because of the fact that Leia and company are hiding out on Ryloth, it's only a matter of time before things go bad with that, and ultimately the First Order ends up finding them there, and so they only have the briefest of times to be able to rest before they have to evacuate. Ultimately, the Resistance does escape, and it is Ransom who's being held. It's not just a random person with the initials RC. 
And they get a hold of this list, and Ransom and Leia are eventually reunited, which is a very touching scene. But it doesn't move the resistance very much farther toward the goal of being reborn. I guess it's a first victory post-crate, and I guess technically three victories in its way because of the liberation of Ransom and the other prisoners and the acquisition of the list. And they also gathered some initial recruits too, including General Rykian, who is alive and well since the Battle of Hoth. And then there's that third victory, which is the one I'm going to tell you about right after the break coming up here, which also ties into Jedi Fallen Order. Stay tuned. Hey Rebel Razor, I've made some changes to the asteroid belt level at patreon.com SW7X7 and they are all with sponsors in mind. So if you want to get the word out about your business, your product, your service to a dedicated Star Wars audience, then please check out patreon.com SW7X7 and look for the asteroid belt level for details. Again, that's patreon.com SW7X7. Welcome back. So one of the things that Leia and company realize that they need are ships. And so they send a third strike team out to acquire some. They send them to Bracca, which is the planet that we see in the beginning of Jedi Fallen Order. This is the scrapyard junkyard planet where Cal Kestis is working, trying to keep his head down and be unnoticed in the galaxy. So they are breaking up all of these decommissioned Clone Wars ships. Well, it turns out that Bracca is now being used for all of the decommissioned, captured, and bound for demolition New Republic ships that the First Order has captured. And so Shriv from Battlefront 2, so there's a whole video game link on this, uh, and Zay, who is the daughter of Del Mico and Aiden Versio from Battlefront 2 Inferno Squad, yeah, so that whole video game gang, they're the ones that are going to Bracca to try to liberate some starfighters, which they are able to do, but it's only, you know, a handful. They can barely count them on one hand. So it's certainly a drop in the bucket compared to what it is that they need, but as is mentioned a couple of times in the novel, there are a couple of callbacks about this, but it's just one drop which follows another and follows another, and pretty soon it's a river, and then pretty soon it's an ocean, and so that is the whole notion behind the novel. It is these early days after the Battle of Crate and them getting their feet back onto themselves in some fashion. That's what the novel is really about. And I will say that there is also, I'm sure there are others that I might have missed for other, you know, stories in the franchise, but there was a check specifically for Star Wars Resistance because some of the folks that were identified as being subversives on the list were mentioned as having their last location on Castellon, which is the planet where the Colossus had been prior to it departing and taking off into space at the end of season one of Star Wars Resistance. So... Yeah, that was kind of a cool little drop into. I like I said I'm sure there are more, but that's the one that stuck out for me. And that is going to do it for everything that you need to know from Resistance Reborn prior to walking into the Rise of Skywalker and that We'll do it for this episode of the show as well. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you, wherever in the world you may be. 
podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.